1: Jules, the Julian Gill. How is he doing? It's the Entire Partner Podcast. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: I get a double intro effectively, he does. But, but what are we here to do today? Scott Tailford. The Tailford we, my friends, are here to answer it, or just talk about whatever is on people's minds, whatever talking points they have, whatever questions they have. We did do a big old, you know, welcome to the new year. Welcome to the new the new way things are going to be in 2022 uh, as we keep doing this. Last week, And I did get a whole bunch of different questions, which I thought we should roll over. So I've just done a rollover from last week's stuff. It's a lot of um, happy new years. There's a lot of people's recommendations, a lot of people's uh, gaming resolutions, uh, and we'll just get through as many. Many years we can, so massive thank you to everybody for sending their stuff in. Um, and like I said, we'll get through as many questions as possible. First one from Toby Wellington, who says, Happiest of New Year's to you both! Thanks for the great content! Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. I have a PlayStation 5 and I've completed Returnal, Deathloop, and Guardians of the Galaxy. What else would you recommend on it while waiting for bigger titles across 2022? <laughs> now, I think we've already had the case, it. like, it's let me let me tell you. So the thing is, when he sent this in, I saw this as I was putting the questions together. And I think if you if you're new to PlayStation Five and you want the best that system can do, um, weirdly I would get the Matrix Awakens demo because that's the only thing out there that shows you what Unreal Engine Five can do. But that's um, not PlayStation
2: that's... Five specific, though. No, is it's it?
1: not. It's not. If you want if you want PS Five specific stuff, then I would go down the route of like Spider Man. I would play the the uh, 2018 one. I would also yeah. Miles Morales is incredible. Ghost of Tsushima now that it's got a PS Five update, uh, Liquid Butter super smooth game. Horizon. Um, what do you call the other ones? Zero Dawn is a nice smooth game. I also wrote down Final Fantasy VII Remake um, because that is yet to come to Xbox. It is on PC, but for the most part, it's a PlayStation exclusive. Um, yeah. and the Ratchet and Clank games. I was about to say
2: the Ratchet and Clank game and is, Apart, is yeah. the one that I'm looking forward to the most to playing when I get my PS5, eventually in about
1: five years' time. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I mean, that's the thing. If you go down the route of like, what can I only play on a PS5, then it yeah. is very slim pickings. But if you have a PS5, you might as well make the most of the stuff that's there. Um, and for me, uh, we just did some, um, some like bespoke awards on this week's main podcast on Wednesday, um, where me, Ben Roy, and Josh just made up awards. And one of mine was the, oh, so this is what the generation's supposed to look like. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) award which went to matrix awakens because like nothing else looks that visually astonishing or lifelike or whatever so if you just want a little taste of what things might look like in the future when they're not being cross-platform developed check that out
2: I remember watching the Matrix gameplay play out hmm. and I was still like, oh, okay, this is just like a vertical slice demo thing there where it's not <laughs> it actually is. indicative of what the uh, final product is. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, somebody's actually playing this
1: right now. And I'm like, what <laughs> the hell is going on? I had that because I remember having that feeling when the PS2 footage started dropping and it's been like, oh, okay, this," because like, it was such a massive step up, PS1 to mm-hmm. PS2. And then we were always told over the years that you're never going to get that feeling again. And it's like largely true, like the jump from PS3 to PS4 wasn't as big, whatever. And, uh, and PS4 to PS5 has yet to have that moment but when I sat down with Matrix and it zoomed out And you were just in the city <laughs> And you could fly around and it's all photoreal And I, I had that moment of like, is it 2000 again? Because like, I feel genuinely amazed by this. <laughs> I but, must have yeah. told
2: you the story of when I finally got my hands on Final Fantasy VIII I, I, like, oh. I went over my friend's house who like He's got uh, like a PC. So he was already like a big PC gamer at that time. Right. And I'm just there like, I've just got Final Fantasy 8 for the PlayStation 1. I put my PlayStation 1 over to show him. And I was like, listen, man, like this is the best video game graphics I'm ever going to get. And it's like Ketsakosal, the bird, like the
1: lightning bird. And now looking at it now, it's like, oh, it's like five polygons that looks like a rag flapping in the wind. That was Final Fantasy 10. When you summon Ifrit or Ifrit in Final Fantasy 10, all the flame effects, I was just like, life's not going to get any better than that. That looks just like real life. It looks genuine. Genuinely incredible but um I don't, I don't know if I said this on the podcast just for a laugh but when I got into Final Fantasy back in the day one of my friends had Final Fantasy 7 and I went to buy 7 at uh, HMV which is a, a UK chain they didn't have 7 in stock but they had 8 in and in uh, my yeah, head yeah. I just it's got that like, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm like, like Nigel from uh, Spinal Title. well it's one better <laughs> isn't it you know? I'm just like I just get that one and so I my first one ended up being Final Fantasy 8 anyway um but yeah PS5 stuff I feel like is is yet to fully kick in like there are recommended titles but everything that I've said um is on ps4 as well it's just Mm -hmm. that you get the best version of it on ps5 so um i think just make the most of it like you know while you can kind of thing um and definitely ratchet and clank rift apart is one of the best showcases of ssd loading if you yeah. just want to look at entire worlds loading in, going, oh, my God, that's a thing that we couldn't do before. And um, then there is that. Next question from Jack Asbury, who says, happy new year, lads. Is anyone actually excited for Pokemon Legends Arceus? I feel like it's not being talked about very much as uh, as much as the other releases in the, across the next few months. And um, it's definitely the one I'm most looking forward to. Now, this is interesting. What's your yeah. gut say? Towards well, this I end? only
2: just saw trailer footage for it today <laughs> because it just popped up randomly on my Twitter. And I said, mm-hmm. like, oh, look, a brand new Pokemon game. Let's check this out. And I was like, mm-hmm oh it's just another open world thing, and like okay. I, I really want to love this, but it's just I've just not been infused about Pokemon mm. for so long now, and it's like the last time that I was like, this is the be all and end all of video gaming moments mm. was like Fire Red, like I was so oh, okay. and yeah. Heart Gold and Soul Silver when I got <laughs> when I got them, I was like, this is absolutely brilliant, and uh-huh. then I was just like ever since then i've just kind of waned with it like it doesn't Mm. seem like they're moving the formula along too much and when they do
1: it seems that the fans are always decrying it saying take it back take it back that's what's really interesting with this because i feel like they've been they've been back and forward on the marketing like it's it's interesting that they've announced it as pokemon legends arceus like it's not it Mm -hmm. is and it isn't a mainline game i think it'll be retroactively made a mainline game if it goes down well because they've completely overhauled everything it's the first Mm -hmm. one that has a decent budget to it that isn't just really boring and turn-based and i love turn-based combat so much but the way that pokemon does it has been the same since 1996 like pretty much Sword yeah. and shield even has the, like it's the same animation pacing it's the same text pro it's the same And so like for me sword and shield was like the last time they can get away with it and when they showed arceus and it's very much breath of the wild it's just like i'm even down to the same trailer shot of like Mm -hmm. the way that lynx on the mountain is the same as the dude in the pokemon trailer and so i was like cool and then they showed the new combat system which i'm not going to be games journalist 101 but there's a bit of dark souls in it because (laughs) there's a bit where they're going up against this massive creature and there's a life bar on the screen in the middle of the screen and the thing is like charging at you and it's real-time combat and so like the way the combat works now is that you throw a pokeball out you summon your dude and you can shout commands to them in real time whilst also dodging the thing that you're fighting. Yeah, and you can also, right. there's a third person shooting thing, you're throwing items at it to weaken at it and I'm like, eh, maybe that'd be cool. Now, I'm totally on board with the idea of them changing up the
2: combat thing but I feel mm. like this is going to stink of Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> or no, 15 where it's going to be like you're going to have some uh, degree yeah. of control over it but it's right. going to be like your attack isn't going li- to like line up with the you pressing the attack button. Uh, That's why I loved the Final Fantasy 7 remake is that they made the Death downtime actually count the stuff like you were mm. always doing damage and you were dodging attacks mm. but in final fantasy 15 you must have recognized this like yep. you'd be dodging I out of the way combat, but because yeah. of the fact that the enemy had registered that it had already attacked you it would still do damage yep. to you even if it wasn't hitting you and that i is hated a- that that's an incredibly, incredibly valid the, point. I worry that that's going to be this game because you're going to be yelling commands to your thing. Just be like, mm-hmm. right, go attack this. But it's like, okay, I've got to wait for my gauge to fill up. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the enemy's not here. I can't attack, well, it's so already attacking the, the, you. It's
1: like, oh. That's the thing. They've freed all that up. So the gameplay clips that they put out have been in real time, where you're sort of just watching your Pokemon fight in real time whilst mm-hmm. you're dodging and running around. But that's a really good point that if they, depending on how they've managed the hitbox side of things, if some giant creature just storms right at you, that's why the Dark Souls comparison came in because it was, all of a sudden it was thing is in your face killing you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, if that just runs in and gets and wipes you out, and um, there's that side of it, but also graphically, like I'm not really one to harp on about graphics, but it does look a bit lackluster. I feel like they've really toned it down to hit to maintain frame rate, and even mm-hmm. then, I think it's barely gonna hit 30. Um, because when they it's, you know, when they've been showing it, it's just really choppy.
2: I don't understand as well when uh, people say, like, "Oh, it's because the switch's hardware can't handle this." It's mm-hmm. like when you look at how uh, Mario Galaxy, sorry, Mario uh, Odyssey uh, runs yep. on that uh, system; it oh. is like so smooth and it yep. looks beautiful as well. So it's just about optimization. Mm-hmm. And like um, Game Freak have always found a bit challenging making the leap from 2D to 3D because every mm-hmm. single time they've tried it, there's always been a bit of like ropey animations here and there. Mm-hmm. Now, to answer the question, to get back on track. Yes, I am <laughs> excited, but as with everything in my entire life. I approach it with great apprehension. Yeah, I think for me, like, I
1: think I'm a bigger Pokemon fan than you them. The thing is- like, Oh, 100% the, in, you are. Because right. I, I loved it as a kid. Like I generation one, loved it inside out, did all that stuff, saw the movies, whatever. Didn't care about anything else until Pokemon Go came around and then that got me massively back into it. And I've still got, I still play Pokemon Go like every day. And so like i've got that going on and so i keep buying the pokemon games i got sword and shield i got the remakes of diamond and Pearl, but they're so similar to old school (laughs) stuff they still play like those old ones and so um and i I've, i've loved a little bit of a let's go pikachu and let's go eevee kind of thing um, but yeah, I'm curiously optimistic. I think the way that they're rolling it out is very tepid because they don't know if they should fully commit to this yet. So they're just yeah. sort of like, well, this is the, potentially the new way for things to go. But I guess we'll see how the Pokemon fandom respond to it overall. Um, you know, Do you want third person shooting in your Pokemon game or do you want it to be more old school? Because there's even like hide in the tall grass and wait for the creature to walk past and then yeah. get them that way. And I'm like, yes and no. Like, yes, but everything has tall grass now.
2: It's strange when games like this come along because uh, they're trying so many new elements. That you think to yourself, oh, whoa, 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 are we just running before we can walk sort of mm-hmm. thing? Like, we haven't even proved that the concept is good. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you're trying to ape all this Breath of the Wild stuff that you can do. And yes, there are so many new things that you're trying that it is very appealing mm-hmm. from a uh, player standpoint. So it's like a fresh experience. Mm-hmm. But like, if even one of these isn't up to par if it's been baked into the core experience and you have to do it over. Like, for example, you just saying about the hiding in the tall grass. Mm. What if the AI is so balked on that, that it completely <laughs> ruins the experience. Where well, You're going to just walk away from that just going, oh man, I'm not going to remember the other no. 15 good things that they've added in. I'm going to remember that one
1: bad thing they changed that ruined the entire experience. That's the thing. I think it, with Nintendo games, and obviously with Game Freak stuff, it's like, is there, it does charm come through above all else? And I think mm-hmm. that always the thing, that that's something that makes Nintendo stuff immortally appealing, if they get it right. And so, I, yeah, like I said, I'm curiously optimistic. I love the look of this thing. I genuinely had a dream that one day they would make a Pokemon game where you control your trainer, and you just shout commands at a real-time pokemon like like in the show like just Mm -hmm. being like do thunderbolt and then like you know you would have to run out the way and pikachu runs in and like i love the idea of that so much i just want it to be smooth and playable and not cumbersome and like you said not get wiped out by a creature with a big you know splash damage attack
2: what i don't understand though is that mm. like the worst part of anything be it like transformers pokemon anything that involves you dealing with something that is far better than humanity why mm. do we put so much focus on the human element of it like <laughs> i could not give two squirts of piss about my trainer like when i throw out the pokeball and i summon my little like critter to fight for uh-huh. me let me take direct that control thing. of that thing and put it into like a pocket yeah. style fighting thing i was just
1: gonna say like, pokemon did it yeah
2: if, if they did that and they made it into like a battle of arena style thing that was like really really fun i would be so happy because it's like you run up there you do that yes maybe you've got to mitigate when your trainer gets too close to the danger but Mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. you can be like in control of them when that happens and then go straight back into the action that might be the
1: best idea for a pokemon game that like like why why haven't they done that like if you were exploring as a human you throw the pokeball and the camera then zooms right in and follows the ball down and you'd hop out the ball as a charizard or whatever and then fight that'd be That'd be brilliant. The like, closest that
2: we've ever got to it was like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon stuff, and even there yeah. you were like too much like for the JRPG. Uh, so it new one work as well,
1: really. uh, the three lane one. Pokemon Unity? No, it's not Unity. Whatever that, whatever that three on three lane one is. I'm doing weird hand motions. To oh, you in the zoom I, I have some footage of it, but I can't remember there's, what it's a, there's a MMO type one. Yeah, I'm yeah. Getting my genres all mixed up. There's a thing. There's a MMORPG battle arena, all genres in one Pokemon game from last year where you play as Pokemon, and that was the coolest thing about it. I couldn't get on board with the rest of it, but overall, yes, I'm looking forward to Pokemon Legends. I'll see so out in a couple of weeks. So I guess we'll see what state it's in. Mm-hmm. Next question from Luke Cullen, who says, "What's a moment in any game where there was no choice that you wish in hindsight there was, and one where there was a choice that you wish in hindsight there wasn't?" Big love to all you legends at War Culture, and you make the days brighter and the good days better. Well, thank uh, you. Ah, oh, thank you very much, mate. I mean, um,
2: I have an answer for this, and it is one mm. that has bugged me for years. Um, okay. in, in L.A. Noir, I mm. love this game. Uh, I am very much with Josh Brown on this one because you, you're you not too keen I'm on I'm not a fan. Me. No,
1: I think it, it fails.
2: Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I th- I really love the atmosphere of that game. I really mm. love the uh, direction that it took. The one thing that really annoys me was that Cole Phelps, is your character up to a certain point, but he makes actions and decisions outside of your control yep. really do go against what I want. Like, mm. for example, I know that they are basing this off of the crime noir film style where you're supporting a, or you're following a character that has flaws and mm. a person that maybe isn't the uh, most... Uh, angelic of sorts, mm. even though they are fighting for the overall good of the uh, area that they're in. Mm-hmm. Now, Cole cheating on his wife is something that I was just like, I don't want this. It adds nothing to the story. And I do. And at the emotional payoff at the end, where like his mistress is um, complaining that uh, mm-hmm. like uh, that, that they should look into his death and his wife and her are having an argument. It's like, this, this is nothing. I don't like this. Like, <laughs> like it adds nothing to the story. In fact, it detracts from it because from mm-hmm. that point on, I was constantly just thinking, Oh, Cole Phelps isn't a character that I'm in control with. I, 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 I way don't have they... control.
1: Yeah, the way they frame that reveal <laughs> as well that he's actually like cheating on his wife and with someone else. It's shot mm-hmm. from like afar and you sort of see him go into a room and it's like, oh, I, yeah, I guess so. And then that doesn't really factor into the story that much unless you're going to argue that, you know, the way the story plays out that that he was supposed to go down that way because he wasn't like an actual righteous man and whatever. But I think that thing's all over the place.
2: She never even like appears in terms of like a story capacity no. for like a mission or there's a there's no like uh,
1: must rescue this woman
2: or this woman has mm-hmm. like got you into trouble sort of thing. It just is a thing that happens and mm-hmm. I, uh, and it's like it's even just lightly implied before being out and out called. It's like he goes to the club a few times. He mm-hmm. see, he looks on at her with admiration, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's in a relationship with her. And it's like I I feel like we've jumped so much, and maybe it's because of the fact that the uh, dev team had to cut. It's just so much so the content. development was
1: meant to be. Like maybe it yeah. would have been
2: fleshed out. Maybe it would have been allow, uh, allowed to breathe, and maybe mm-hmm. could have been a bigger part of the story. But his fall from grace just felt like something that was just so. Out of character for how I was playing a detective yeah. who was trying to do the right thing.
1: See, interestingly, I'm kind of going to go the other way because I I love in The Last of Us at the very end how Joel kills the surgeons regardless. Like I love that they put you in that mindset. Yeah. They, make they make you make think you, it's a choice, don't? Yeah, yeah, they make you think it's a choice, and then they go, "No, this is what this guy is doing." Like Joel, mm. fundamentally as a person, as an entity, is taking back control and getting his daughter back this time because he was denied it at the beginning and so like that then puts you in a different mindset like personally for me whenever there's a choice especially a story choice, a branching choice, whatever I, I hate making it because I'm fundamentally, I just think of it as rejecting a part of the game, like I'm like yeah. okay I want to do this but I, I just want to see whatever story you guys want to tell and like maybe part of that is fundamentally choice it just fits into gaming as a medium but I only ever think like well I'm going to have to restart at some point and I want to see that other thing too and like I'd love to see everything and whatever and so like for me it's more powerful when they put you in a space and go no, now you're controlling a big old POS and they just did this horrible thing or uh, as long as it works in the narrative Um, and what do you think of that? Because I think the conversations that came out of the end of The Last of Us were great Mm -hmm. it was all about would you do what Joel did and you know, it's the needs of the many and the needs of the few and everything else.
2: The amount of people that didn't know that it was a choice uh, or mm. wasn't a choice in the first place that I went through there and thought that I was the person that pulled the trigger and killed right, him because I, right. that's what I wanted to do in that moment I was like no you know what
1: I've been through so much I'm not mm-hmm. letting you take her and well then the to thing find is if, out, you, if you're trying to be pacifist he kills the first guy regardless he gets yeah, the scalpel exactly. and stabs him anyway
2: so I was there like oh I uh, so when I saw footage of it I was like oh I didn't have a choice but it was like, <laughs> in my mind I was like oh I made the choice there so I feel mm-hmm. okay with it but mm-hmm. it's like um I can't remember what a uh, video I watched uh, or it was like an essay that I read that was about how Video game choice is actually like quite crippling when it comes to uh, how you play your characters because mm. they did a deep dive into. Um- BioWare games, that's what it was, and Mm -hmm. the Fallout franchise, and found out that the majority of players play the game as like a paragon or a good guy because of the fact that there's an inherent fear of being locked out of uh, content, quests, rewards Uh. by being obnoxious or evil. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. it always, uh, because it's been instilled within us that uh, the evil route, the quickest one, is usually just going to reward you with uh, money or assets quicker. Or a character
1: dying or something. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, but the further, but uh, the paragon choices are usually slower burning open up more options and Mm -hmm. then allow you like more support during the end game and it's like you can see why people choose to play more Paragon because it almost rewards you in the long run for Mm -hmm. playing as a good character like the Mm -hmm. Bioshock um, first game is a great example Mm -hmm. you either get a ton of Adam really quickly or you save the little sisters and get a little bit of Adam but they give you more in the long run and gifts later on that are more powerful than the evil route
1: yeah. Plus, in that game, like they doubled down on like the the Woody Kindly thing happens anyway. Like you yeah. are gonna get that. You are gonna that twist works regardless of how you played, like good or bad or whatever. And like, yeah, that's the thing. I, I for me, like the question that Colin said about, you know, the uh, games where there were choices where you wish there weren't? Just all of them for me. I, yeah. I've never had. I've never like loved i've never loved five star a game where i've made a choice and gone like well i did that and i'm so glad i did that like yeah. i just i would rather just go down the artistic or to whatever route and just like have them tell me a story and put me in a mindset where i, I have to deal with something
2: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care Plushcare.com
1: slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity
0: insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, MasterClass.
1: So Um, does that mean that like the uh, David Cage games are like your least favorite genre (laughs) because of the fact it's like all choices all the time? I think they, like I used to, I love Heavy Rain like back in the day. I think that that's the only one of his that I would recommend. Like I did try to become human Fahrenheit. They're not, they're not recommendable games. Um, And that other one, um, Beyond Two Souls, never enjoyed all that stuff. But um, that is a little bit different because you're trying to, I guess the murder comes around anyway. You're trying to solve a murder mystery so you can go about it different ways. I think if, if you make it, if a story path is a diamond, like wide as possible and then back together again, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. if it stays wide and then I'm just kind of like, well, did I get the best ending? Is that satisfying? Oh. Should I done this 10 hours ago? Like, yeah.
2: How how unsatisfying is it when you get to the end of the game and realize that there are like five or six other endings and mm. you need each one for an achievement when you're yes. just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's like a 60 hour playthrough <laughs> each
1: time sort of thing. Because like, I think that affects the artistic side of it because you just reload immediately if it's at the very end all you had to do is like in deus ex human revolution and say well all you need to do is do the a or b ending if you did c before and get the other you're just mopping it up at that point it doesn't really like land anymore
2: very strange isn't it how like uh, all these choices we're saying
1: like less of them please <laughs> but that's not the
2: case like it's it's more choices done better I guess yeah
1: yeah yeah I think if you're, if you're gonna do a choice really hit me with it and make it feel like an impossible choice and then commit to it on both sides so that it lands regardless mm-hmm. um, next question from McAllister um, NYC who says he's playing Ace Attorney big shout oh, my resolution again. is to stop downloading dodgy games just because they are on sale <laughs> because I'll never play them my <laughs> backlog is already too big happy 2022 next question from Rich Hudson who says where can I buy an egg dot uh, <laughs> nft asking for a friend now we can't get into the nfts this year we, no no, right, no.
2: we can because people have just been uh, <laughs> doing it in the wrong way every single time that nft comes out it's usually just like uh, as we explained before it's a great money laundering service but it's yep. also just done for to line the pockets of the uh, developers creators publishers mm-hmm. and it's usually the publishers and it's usually them just trading on other people's years of work to make a quick buck now Going to the question. Hello, Rich. By the way, hope everything Hello, is well. Uh, go support Rich over on Traxian, by the way, and his personal yes. channel because he does lots of great content. And I'd love G-G. him as well. Yes, they do lots of racing game content over there. Um, mm-hmm. just want to say that I would do an Egg Daddy NFT, but only if the money went to charity because right, that is right, the right. only way to make something like this work for mm-hmm. the greater good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, uh, as a principle. I don't agree with them because of the fact that they do can, uh, they consume quite a lot of power to uh, act, like to maintain some of the crypto mining
1: stuff is that yeah
2: yeah so and like uh, the idea of uh, turning a single image into an energy wasting uh, money pit doesn't actually sit well
1: with me from an environmental standpoint. So no, the, the, the literal reality of, I mean, it's, it is just the, the microtransaction thing, the loot box thing that you're, you're paying for this image. You don't really own it. You don't have access to mm-hmm. the code. You, you can just say that you own it and that's it. It's just monetizing the Philosophy, the idea of ownership. I think NFTs. You know stuff what's going like, to be interesting?
2: Really, yes. um, really interesting is if like tattoo artists ever get around to because I know that they're very protective over their work. And there was a mm. huge case in NBA uh, where one of the uh, tattoos was uh, rendered on a player, and they hadn't got in touch with the tattoo artists. They weren't that, able yeah. to uh, to sue them. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the NFTs are going to add in an extra layer of this because if their images are already owned by the artist and then owned by somebody else, and mm-hmm. then they get transported into a video game what happens in that chain like does it mean that the uh, ea or 2k in this case has to pay the artist and the air quotes owner <laughs> of the image, well, and the
1: uh, this the superstar for their likeness, like it, well, the it, it, is, that's it, the, it's so much. It's like it's the Wild West right now. Like there's that um, there's a whole Congress thing that um America, whatever wing of America put that out about this Congress hearing on NFTs, trying to understand and regulate them, and they can't even like narrow down the specific definition of what it is to be able yeah. to be copyrighted or plagiarized. Like how do you actually nail that down? Because it is a fundamental distinction of the code, the entity, the item, and then what you're paying for, which is just the top player it's just the ability to say that you own it but you can't you don't own the license you just own the nft so it's like then it
2: was like um do you remember there was that uh, uh a monkey who took a uh a, a camera monkey. and took a selfie of itself right right right, right. now this uh, the guy got his camera back and uh-huh. submitted it and it won an award now Great. the question immediately arose of does the artist the, the photographer does he get the credit for the award which is the monkey <laughs> the monkey is the one that took it but he used the equipment of
1: the, uh, the photographer I guess it would depend. And I think that the monkey won <laughs> <laughs> get that on a mug the monkey yeah. won I think it would depend <laughs> on the law of the country if it specifies humans or if it just says mm-hmm the entity that like performed the act or something i would love the idea of just like if an if a, if a monkey found its way online and managed to sell some nfts then i guess we've both won and lost at the same time
2: mate i've just had another thought as well if we ever get a registered ai that gets um you know like you uh, can only have uh, registered control of property if you're accepted to be sentient in that uh-huh. sense like or, or like that's like a certain level of life yeah yeah if the AI has enough comprehension to be registered for that and then buys
1: an NFT that another AI created like, Oh man, we're entering. That's, that's going to be the, the crypto mining future. Just little like warehouses of just monitors with little robot typing hands figuring yeah. all of it out while everyone else is at work, I guess. But yeah, oh, the, the future is
2: a scary place. The NFT
1: future 2022. That's, that's what's going to dominate everything across the rest of this year. Oh, um, so. Next question from Jacob Sawyer. Thoughts on the flash completely rebooting the DCEU. Batfleck being replaced by Michael Keaton and, uh, what do you call the Henry Cavill Superman being mm-hmm. too busy to come back. Um, now, this was a rumor and um, that was doing the rounds last week. I think it's in general, it's just more of a talking point um, because um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, it didn't bomb, but it didn't do uh, you know enough subscriber numbers to justify more stuff going forward. Zack Snyder mm-hmm. didn't really enjoy his time on the project overall. Neither did Ben, ben Affleck. And so there's all this stuff about um, if they do multiverse stuff, like what Marvel's doing, they can just be like, well, everything that happened is in is over there now. And we've mm-hmm. got another mm-hmm. Batman and another Superman and whatever. What's your thoughts on this stuff? I'm bottomed out on DC stuff.
2: Um, I think that they could rescue this, um, but I feel like what they should do is lean really heavily into something that's being explored with, or uh, was recently explored with um, the Joker, the Batman who mm. laughs. Um, mm-hmm. Because they went into a deep thing of having the dark metaverse, I think that's what it's called. It might not be called the Easy? multiverse. Like, there's, there's like a, the uh, the antiverse effectively of what we yeah. are. Um, what they could say, in order to air quotes, rectify their own wrongdoings, mm-hmm. is turn all of the previous DCEU that was a bit messy mm-hmm. and say that that was the dark version because then they <laughs> all, every single one of them could fall and become part of the Batman who laughs. Yeah. So it's because you had like. Um, Oh, I can't remember what they, they—they had funny names. There was like there was like a Flash version, there was a Green Lantern version, um, okay. there was like a Cyborg version. Mm-hmm. So you take the Justice League, turn them all into that, and make them the enemies of the new one that you're using to reboot. That would be stellar. They'd have to admit that those were the bad ones, or something. Yeah, but, but that would be you, great. But you could have then cameo-style things from mm. Affleck and other people who wanted to come on and maybe do like a thing. The one like last a, thing, yeah, yeah, like the uh, the Tom Holland and Spider-Man uh, yeah. thing that we had recently. Mm-hmm. So you just have that. But they come in and be like, oh, you were Batman at one
1: point, but now you are evil. Because now they're like going forward with, um, we've got Robert Pattinson's Batman out very soon, the next sort of mm-hmm. solo project. that they've I'm actually quite like, looking forward to
2: that, to be honest. Yeah, on. same.
1: Like I, I, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for it. I think like, we've been through so many Batman cycles now, um, mm-hmm. Bat cycles where it's been, you know, like the Batman Begins era, and then there was the DC, there was Ben Affleck, and it's like- So, like so I, you and I have
2: lived, lived through, uh, we've had, how many how many Batman have we had? Because we've had the, <laughs> the, the, the best of the best uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. We've had uh, George Christian, Clooney. Christian
1: Bale, George Christian Clooney.
0: Bale.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we had George Clooney was my first Batman because that was one of the first No, I Was it actually? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was born in '89, so like when that one came out, I saw that as a kid. Um, I, I think I saw Batman Forever in the cinema. I think. Um, which oh, I which I'm so I don't think sorry, was pretty I can't remember any, but <laughs> well, I loved I'm it as a so kid. There's a bit at the beginning of Batman versus Robin, uh, Batman and Robin, where he's fighting Mister Freeze at the very beginning. Yeah. Batman, uh, one of the guys has like a little mini drum because it's like a band, and yeah. he punches him through the drum skin, and then the guy falls over, and Batman goes, "Good night." And I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I was, oh, he's he's got the one liner there. But it's not even like a pun based no. on the drum. Like I don't <laughs> even understand.
2: like I remember just being, it's like it's like uh pushing somebody off of a bridge in a shopping trolley uh <laughs> car and then dying and not saying like uh check Sign clean on. up on aisle seven or something. Yeah, just be like, Goodbye.
1: Like like what <laughs> line is that? Like, check in next week. Yeah, I think that um those that I wouldn't I've not seen Batman and Robin in a long time, but I wonder if that's aged better than we think. Cause at the time no, it was just no, what if it, no, but what when no. he clicks his heels together in the in the the blades come out and then they become, they're skating everywhere. He's got the back credit card and everything. What if it's, what if it's a genius, a masterpiece? I really don't
2: think that it is going to be a masterpiece. <laughs> in I don't think it's going to be up there with the likes of like being analyzed with like the okay, thing, thing is, or Predator or something like that.
1: All of this is to say how long until they get George Clooney back as Batman for a multiverse cameo because multiverse stuff is going to be everything going forward. Yeah, yeah, That's what Marvel's be, committing yeah. to. Um, I imagine that is exactly what DC will do, whether or not well, they do it It just Flash, means they
2: can do yeah. anything and then have it
1: say, ah, it doesn't matter.
2: We can literally kill off all of these characters at the end and you could be Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was so emotional and they'd be like, ah, it doesn't
0: really matter. The the money side of it
1: is entirely, let's do this again, just do it again, just do it again. And uh, yeah, so I think, I'm curious how that stuff goes. I liked Spider-Man No Way Home, but it did also feel like brand synergy the movie. So I was just kind of like, fine.
2: But. Is anyone else kind of really laughing at the new Doctor Strange one as well because it's like mm. oh, there's so much of it that I love I love the visuals I love the aesthetics that they do with all the uh, pentagram back, really. yeah yeah fantastic like there's mm. going to be a direction a level of quality if they don't meddle it will be uh, a real blast from the past mm-hmm. but what made me laugh so much is when Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange reappears as the evil Doctor Strange he's <laughs> like I'm the evil one it's like you actually like the use the prosody voice you actually use the
1: skeletal voice <laughs> to show that you're the evil it's like, Oh, and he's got his slightly messy hair like the, thing is,
2: the emo fringe.
1: Funnily enough, if you've not seen um God, what the hell they call the Marvel um it's called What If. They do it yeah. there's an animated series on Disney Plus and they it's did it. Yeah, like, so it's amazing. Like it's really good. That one about evil Doctor Strange, I love. And I think they've just kind of taken that and gone, okay, let's do the live action one. But it is a bit funny in the trailer where he just pops up at the end, like, hey, by the way, i you've gone too far. It's just that like, why? I I did I know but hold on. I'm gonna gather my thoughts. <laughs> Do
2: producers actually think that we're idiots? Because it's like yes. we can tell that somebody is evil without them having a slight hunch, having messy hair, <laughs> having like really like sinister smiles. Like we don't need to be fed that stuff. It's so no. ridiculous and over the top. Mm-hmm. Like um some of the best villains are the ones that have next to no emotions, or they literally Honestly. appear to be good guys on the surface, but mm-hmm. then have like a sort of really dark twist, or they snap mm-hmm. at some point. We're, whereas this is just like He's a cartoon.
1: <laughs> well, I think the Multiverse of Madness stuff seems to be their excuse, excuse me, to get um, the likes of Wesley Snipes back his Blade and they're apparently going to yeah. maybe do something with the old Fantastic Four and I don't know if they would have old school Chris Evans as it, the Meeting torch, himself, which meeting himself so as Cap. so So yeah, so I'll take that stuff. I'll take those sort of like weird thought experiments made real because it'll make bank. Um, so yeah, but the, the Multiverse stuff overall feels like it's very much the direction this stuff's going to be going in. Um, a final question from Elfar Oliver who says, welcome back, happy new year to you both. Now that I've finished Psychonauts 2 and dabbled in Celeste, i honestly feel a bit better about my life and have fewer regrets i know you had a similar question recently but what piece of media made you better people now we did that this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. but i included it Um you might not necessarily have one for this but i thought we were speak- we were saying about spider-man before and um, i included this because in spidey i don't know if you've seen no way home or not yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah i have so I'll not, do, I'll not do specific spoilers, but there's a bit in that movie where pr- things very much seem like they're wrapping up. All the villains are in they're like in prison, whatever. It seems like everything's going to be fine. But and wait. Then, <laughs> and then, but wait. And then uh, Spider-Man is like, no, we can't do that. I've got to go and do my own thing. And he attacks Doctor Strange and then he runs away and he goes and, and elongates the movie for another hour and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. And in <laughs> the moment, I was like, what are you doing, sir? I love Tom Holland, but I was like, what are you doing, Tom Holland's Peter Parker? That's the stupidest move in the world. Just send them home. And so when, but then when the movie go like plans out and you see what, why he's doing that. And they have lots of sit down scenes and therapy style sessions with the villains. And I was like, no, I was wrong. I should be able to display a better, a more immediate sense of empathy and care and not just go for the quickest solution and not just go for, you know, there should be a super heroic level of care on display. That's what makes mm-hmm. him Superman. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm not you know, skewing towards caring in general in life, but I did watch that movie going like, yep, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. And you should try your best first, even if it is Dr. Octopus or whatever, yeah. because yeah. that is the, the, uh, the way that you measure care. So I watched that and, and came out of, like, I love that movie's uh, message overall, but it doesn't come into like the second half but that yeah. was my thing
2: i mean that's a very nice message to take away from it yeah. isn't it just like um from brand synergy the movie it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> um for me video game wise uh, recently i've been playing through uh, disco elysium the final cut mm. and i won't say that it's made me uh, a better person but i feel like it's allowed me to accept my flaws a lot more because basically disco elysium is you failing forward, the video game, like you, uh, trial of these things, you think in certain ways, you allow yourself to give into your, um, natural, uh, your, your, your reflexes and what your gut feeling. And nine times out of ten, it doesn't work out for you. You make stuff worse by acting on impulse, by not listening to people, or by listening and and not acting. Mm -hmm. And it shows you basically that extreme in any sort of like uh, form, uh, be it lethargy, be it apathy, be it empathy, Mm -hmm. it can be negative if you're not prepared to actually stand up for what you believe in and keep trying regardless of whether or not you get knocked back or not. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of times that if it was me in that situation going up uh, at Dubois' quest, I I would have given up so many times because it would just be like brick wall upon brick wall upon being like knocked back or told no, or being denied Mm -hmm. the answers that you just need a simple answer to a simple question. But I feel like that's important because it teaches you about that life is uh, a myriad of different challenges to get over. But as you long as going. you keep pushing, no matter what the outcome is of your decisions, as long as you believed in them at the point in time and you mm. actively try to make the best of a bad situation, no matter what, then, yeah, you're going to like go out the other side and probably feel better about yourself for having tried, for having Plus, put in that effort.
1: Yeah, plus Disco Elysium, like one of its most masterful cards. Again, not spoilers, is that it does recognize everything you're doing. Like, it's yeah. uh, like you get you very much towards the end of the game start getting the game like feeding back. Like, okay, we see what you went for here. It didn't work, but cool, you tried. What about yeah. this? What about this? And you get all this this great feedback on who you are as a person, which is really, really that's one of that's why that game is such a big deal.
2: Because for the first like oh, t- a couple of hours or so, you mm-hmm. feel like you're just grinding up against a wall of just yep. like no one's helping you, and you feel like you're just on the back foot, twenty four seven, and it kind of makes you Kind of like a little bit uh, hostile to those around you because mm-hmm. you feel like you're not giving me what I want. And therefore, I'm starting to lash out and try these more wild things to try mm-hmm. and see if that's how it would work within video game logic or real life. Mm-hmm. But then, once you say, uh, when it gets to the end and it starts showing you the effects of your choices, the effects of why you were doing the certain things, or were you even led? Did you have a choice? Like, yep. I-, I love the fact that it just teaches you a lot about yourself, I think. Uh, Funnily enough. Think in a situation.
1: To bring it full circle to the uh, the, the choice thing, Disco Elysium, the was one choice in that game where I save scummed because something went drastically south right? and okay. I was just like no it's a video game and I want that character to be alive so I was <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, I'm okay, gonna admit yeah. this about myself that I need to restart this bit um, other, but other than that there was other bad stuff that happened because I did that once it happened the same way again I was like oh whatever then it's just, it's just a dice roll <laughs> fine and then the other stuff started going sideways I was like well this is just my life this is my character's life and this is what I'm living with and whatever but um, yeah that game gives you a, mil- like a ton of decisions towards the end that are built on 20-30 hours of preamble and then when yeah. things go one direction um it's, i think they should have a thing that lets you not reload because it's yeah. you have to commit to it
2: my one bit i remember was that i uh, got into a sticky situation and i had to ask a favor from one character and mm. they were like no because a couple of hours ago you didn't help me in a certain <laughs> way or you were pretty rude to me and cut me short when i was talking mm-hmm. i was like oh god i did do that and that's mm-hmm. what would happen if you did that in real life yeah. I was
1: like, oh man overall i guess that's our collective new year's resolution thing for the for our double bill of new year's podcast is go mm-hmm. play disco elysium it's a it's a hell of a thing <laughs> That game is now available on multiple platforms and not just on steam so you can finally check it out on yeah, our playstation and everything
2: the final cut edition is so good as well yes. because of all the added it really does help i think immerse you into the experience
1: I can't think of the name of the dude, but that's some like really old jazz musician who they got to do the voiceover. And guy has the best sounding voice. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Dude reminds me of Logan Cunningham from uh, Bastion or just uh, oh, a yeah, 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 yeah. just a really smooth, awesome voice. Um, but anyway, for now, it's been the Untitled Partner Podcast. Thank you all very much for sending in your various questions, thoughts, whatever you'd like us to talk about. And uh, we'll do a fresh batch next Thursday. Check on Twitter. I'm at slash LP89Jules. What are you?
2: I'm at RetroJ with a zero with the O should be.
1: Be beautiful. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks again. On the UBB. On the (laughs) UPP. We never know how to end this. I love it.